so about an hour later I realized that this was the fishing experience and I, and I, I turned around and I'm looking at this fella who, who doesn't speak a lot of English you know I'm in Poland and uh, I was like can I catch real fish now and he starts laughing and he was like you want to catch real fish okay thinking that I don't know what I'm doing Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your fearless host, Angie Scott. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well and enjoying your summer thus far. Today I'm super stoked to welcome a Grammy-winning vocalist, guitarist, and songwriter who also just so happens to be an avid fisherman. My guest from episode 136, fly fishing instructor Susan Thrasher, actually gave her fly casting instructions on the Caney Fork River. I'm talking about Brittany Howard. You may be familiar with Brittany from her band Alabama Shakes. Such great stuff. Most recently, Brittany released a solo album called Jamie. Unfortunately, due to COVID, her European tour had to be postponed. So she's been hanging out in Nashville, and I was able to connect with her for this interview. I hope you enjoy. Brittany, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hi, Andy. I am great, and I'm wishing I was fishing. <laughs> Aren't we all wishing we were fishing? Yeah, we just, you, you're in Nashville, and I am too. I just, I'm on Percy Priest right now, actually. And uh, we had a wicked kind of storm blow through here a little while ago. I don't know if that hit your area. Oh, whoa. Were you out there fishing? No, but I, I have a houseboat out here on Percy Priest. So Amazing. I was, yeah, so I was sitting on the houseboat and all of a sudden it got kind of scary there for a second. <laughs> oh my, so, God. I am glad you're okay. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, so anyway, yeah, I wanted to have you on the show because you... Uh, like I said, are are an avid fly fisherman. That's really awesome. And I also wanted to mention, I saw you guys play with that with Alabama Shakes at Ascend Amphitheater in Nashville. And as I recall, it was right after Prince died. And uh, I worked for a booking agency at the time, and one of our agents is really tight with the mayor. So I texted him. And I said, "Hey, can you can you ask the mayor to turn all the lights?" in Nashville, like the bridge and all that, that they light up to purple in honor of Prince. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it happen that night, but they did it the following night. Um, but it was a, a beautiful evening and an awesome show. I just really enjoyed it. 
Well, thank you so much. And I think I recall playing a Prince song. Yeah, you guys did. You played a little bit of a, a Prince song, I think, when you first took the stage. And, uh, yeah. and that was a really, really nice tribute to him. I'm from Minnesota originally, so... Um, oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, so back in tech, you got a little accent. A little bit, you? yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Nashville for like twenty years now, so it's it's been a while. But uh, so, how did you get into fishing? Not a lot of I don't know a lot of female musicians that are into fishing, and so I'm just curious, like how you got into it. Well, I've been fishing my entire life okay. with my father since I was probably four years old. You know how it goes. Like, you know, your daddy probably wishes he had a boy. And so he <laughs> takes you fishing, you know. Yep. But I really I really took to it. I always loved it. To me, it was a way to process my own life just by sitting, you know, kind of quietly in nature. And also it was something I love to do with my father. So it just brings me a lot of peace when I'm fishing and when I'm in the water and when I'm surrounded by nature. And about three years ago, Susan Thrasher, which I have heard that you're friends with. Yes, I got a hold of her because I became interested in fly fishing because I was down at Marabone Lake trying to catch these new fish to me, <laughs> which was trout. And I could never catch them with my setup. I just had to spin around. I couldn't figure out how to get these guys. Mm -hmm. So I did a little research to learn about fly fishing. And I was like, whoa, this looks really hard. I need some help learning how to understand how to do this. And I got a hold of Susan Thrasher and she gave me a lesson. And I just took to it right away. I liked the finesse of it. And I just liked the whole process of tying the flies and knowing all the different hatches and the et etymology behind fly fishing. And I just took to it right away. I've been doing it ever since. That's that's awesome. Yeah, so I just featured Susan on the show. I think it was last week because her new book just came yes. out. And uh, I love her approach to that book. I don't know if you've had a chance to to read it or not yet, but um, she's teaching people fly fishing through telling, you know, stories that they're memorable and that kind of helps people learn uh, about certain certain techniques and things like that a little bit easier. And I just thought that was so neat that she's doing that. But uh, she said you you picked it up pretty quickly. She's she was pretty impressed. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I'm super proud of Susan, and she's also just someone in my life that, I don't know, just has rubbed off on me in a lot of good ways, mm -hmm. um, especially about being present while fishing and just enjoying just being in nature, even if you don't catch anything. And also, it doesn't matter if you catch a little tiny fish or if you catch a big, huge fish, like the whole day was just about being somewhere peaceful and going places that most people don't get to see mm -hmm. because they're at work or they're behind a desk most of the time or they just want to watch TV instead of going out and picking up a new hobby. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just I uh, adore fly fishing and I can't actually wait to get out there. I haven't been able to get out there all season or all year actually yeah this has been such a weird year i know you had a big tour that was that was going on over in in europe and all that and had to cancel or postpone all the all those plans so yes yeah so me and the whole world <laughs> yeah exactly so when you when you are on tour do you get a chance to go out and fish yeah, I usually write that into my daily schedule. Um, I'll kind of look at the tour ahead of time 
and see what bodies of water I might be able to get into, what kind of fish they have, and just kind of plan accordingly when I'm packing up for tour. And I'll just make um, maybe three or four hours to go out there and hit the water and see what I can catch. And then after that, you know, I have to show up for sound check and get ready for the show. Nice. So, so now you're, do you go back to conventional fishing or are you pretty much just sticking with fly fishing anytime you go out? Oh, I swip swap. I do okay. what, whatever. It depends on the tree cover, of course. Mm-hmm. Recently, I've been with a, a spin reel just because of my little fishing hole that I have out in White's Creek. Uh, lots of trees, covered dock. It's It's harder to get my fly line out to where I want it. Mm -hmm. Not impossible, but just, you know, it meets a lot of trees. And there's a lot of frustration I don't want to have when it's hot. Um, (laughs) Right. You know, but I have been thinking about maybe doing some night fishing on a candy fork or something like that Mm -hmm. coming up. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned Marabone Lake. That's kind of a hidden gem a lot of people don't know about in the Nashville area. So it's it's this pretty small lake and they have this awesome fishing dock area that people can go use and I think you have to pay like five bucks or something like that um they also have these little boats you can take out that are very very inexpensive and you can even get a trolling motor for the day Mm -hmm. um so I I was so happy when I discovered that I haven't been there in a while I've been wanting to go back but I never have caught a trout either um I don't fly fish personally I've done it a couple times Susan's been trying to get me to come out and she she wants to you know give me some lessons out there at some point uh but maybe that's the the problem why i haven't caught any trout there then is i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i'm not approaching it the right way <laughs> i don't know it fixed it for me yeah um i think i think for the fish it could just be a presentation thing right um and like i said earlier uh fly fishing is so much about finesse and about presentation and i, I get a lot of joy out of being successful enough with lining everything up so it looks good enough for the fish to bite it you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you and you tie your own flies now as well i've had some experience with it but as of right now being in nashville i don't have any of the kit and caboodle with me Mm -hmm. so i just you know get them where i can yeah gotcha well, uh, so I read somewhere that you caught your first rainbow trout ever while you were actually in Poland, right? Yes. That's what kind of turned you on to that fish. Yeah, it, because I had never really, I knew trout as a dish. Mm-hmm. Um, but funny thing about me, I don't eat fish. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't eat fish. I just think they're neat looking, you yeah. know. But yeah, um I asked the promoter out in Poland of all places if they knew where I could go fishing. And they took me to this crazy resort, something it's called like Neptune's kingdom or something, but you know, Mm -hmm. in Polish and uh, go to these giant tall gates that are engraved with Poseidon. And I'm like, where are we? I just wanted to go to like a lake or something And they proceed to take me down to the dock. They give me a cane pole, girl. And they sit me on the dock (laughs) catching these little trout with corn. Uh And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, maybe they're just, like, getting a boat ready. And then soon (laughs) I'll get in the boat and we'll go hit the water and catch some real fish. (laughs) So about an hour later, I realized that this was the fishing experience. (laughs) And I I, I turned around and I'm looking at this fella who who doesn't speak a lot of English. You know, I'm in Poland. And uh, I was like, can I catch real fish now? And he starts laughing. And he was like, you want to catch real fish? Okay. 
thinking that I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So we get in his boat, we trolley out, you know, in the middle of this big lake. And he throws me a spinning reel. It's just got like a little grub on the end of it. I throw it out in the water and I let it sink. And next thing I know, I'm hooked up to this. What? How big was it? I think it was like a 24 inch trout. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was a a juicy one. Yeah. And I pull it out of the water and I've never seen someone so proud of me. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden he was my best friend and he's just so excited. And then he was telling me, okay, I want to gut the fish and you can take it home with you. And, you know, you guys can cook it or whatever. I was like, oh, I don't want to kill the fish. And he was like, "Um, we got to kill the fish now. And then clubs (laughs) this fish. Girl, I am traumatized. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you know, they ate it. They grilled it right. and they enjoyed it and they were grateful for the catch. But that was like my first experience with the trout. And I just thought, wow, what like a beautiful fish. Like what a beautiful creature. Um, I definitely do not want to kill them or take them out of their habitat, but I do enjoy looking at them. Yeah, they're very pretty. I caught my first rainbow trout when I was in Branson, Missouri. And nice. uh, I was originally, I, I again, not really knowing what I'm doing when it comes to trout fishing. I just asked some locals and somebody said uh, marsh, like those little candy marshmallows for some, I don't know if they were just putting mm. me on or what, but I went out and bought some of those little tiny marshmallows and that's what I was trying to to get my trout uh. with. And I didn't have any luck. So uh again, I don't know if he was just putting me on or what, but then some people were catching them and they had uh night crawlers. And so they let me borrow some of their night ca- crawlers and I was able to finally catch my first rainbow trout. I see. <laughs> you know, you just never know what the fish are eating. Yep. No, you, you don't. Gotta, yeah, you got to Yeah, you, you got to explore, which yep. is like part of why I love fishing. It is so much mental work mm-hmm. and once you figure it out and you catch that first fish it's just like you're patting yourself on your back you're just like i figured it out i figured i put the puzzle together yeah yeah so do you find that fishing helps you with your music and your songwriting i definitely think it does in a way because you know i think we all need a way to um you know let off steam mm-hmm and just go someplace relaxing where you can get into that Zen state. So you can just like process things in life and, and balance yourself out. And that's what it does for me. It's just a place where I can be most myself and refuel myself so that I can do my job. So I had a, you, you mentioned you don't eat the fish. So you, you're obviously you're catching and releasing and trying to, to be as, uh, you know, gentle with the fish and all of that so that, you know, it will have a good chance to survive. Um, fishing is a blood sport at the end of the day. So sometimes there are things that happen out there or whatever that, that we don't like. But do you mm-hmm. find like practicing that maybe gives you a little bit of fishing karma? Um, Yeah, I definitely practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to protect the fish. I want them to go on and carry on their species and be strong and just repopulate wherever they are, especially if it's a natural stream and these are wild fish, Mm -hmm. Um, of course. And when I'm teaching other people to fly fish, that's an important lesson when they catch their first fish. Welcome it back into the water. Make sure it's not in shock. And I learned that from Susan. Mm -hmm. And even though I am the one catching the fish and pulling them out of the water, I make sure I put them back and they're in a state to where they can just carry on with their lives. Mm -hmm. And that to me feels okay because other people would catch them and then eat them. 
And um, I'm not here for that. Right. Well, as you got into fly fishing, it seems like fly anglers are much more uh, aware or or are thinking about conservation, you know, than some than like conven- conventional fishing for some reason. It's just seems like it's more prevalent in fly fishing. Did you notice that as you got into it and and Susan, you know, taught you how to uh, take care of the fish? Um, I just noticed when I started fly fishing that that was a principle that was taught to me. And every fly fisher that I have fished with or encountered, we all respect the environment. We all know how precious it is to commune with nature and to be out there because fly fishing takes you to really beautiful places. You have your waders on and you're walking out where no other fishermen want to walk. Sometimes it's a mile down river just to be somewhere alone where the fish hasn't, haven't been caught all day, right? Mm-hmm. So you see things people don't see. You see a beaver building his dam. You see a crane actually catching a fish and flying off with it. I mean, you see incredible things, you know, encounters with uh, – one time I had an encounter with somebody's wild donkey. I don't know what he <laughs> was doing out in the woods, but imagine, imagine me, you know. <laughs> that's funny. It scared the mess out of me. But, you know, that's some of the things you come across. And because you're so close to um, nature and wildlife like that, you start growing an appreciation for how everything works in harmony and how you can be more harmonious with it. Yeah. So I've seen, I read that you've actually inspired some other female musicians that you know to get into fishing. Uh, really? Yeah. So uh, I read Becca, Becca Mankari. She, yes. Yeah, she got into fishing through through your uh, inspiration, I guess. Um, yeah. And I know your your manager, Christine, also likes to fish. I don't know if that's something, if she just al- already enjoyed fishing or if that's something you turned her on to as well. I think anybody who's around me long enough and who's my close friend is going fishing with me. We're going, you know what I'm saying? Like we're going. Yeah. So, I mean, some people take to it that I take and they just say, Oh, this is so fun. I feel so great about this. This is, I I love doing this. This is a calming place for me. And then other people are just not bothered. So it really just depends on what kind of person they are. you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's good. You know, I always say this. It's good that not everybody loves to fish because then otherwise (laughs) everybody. There would be no fish in the ocean. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it's I'm always okay. You know, I'll introduce somebody if they like it. Great. If not, that's okay, too. You know, we're all different. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What about Jessie? Does she like to fish? Um, you know, she, she likes it. She's taken to it a bit. Um, it is not something that we really do together. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, it can't be everybody's thing. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> so I read somewhere too that, uh, you know, I was talking about not a lot of female musicians that I know love to fish. Uh, there are some, you know, male musicians like country artists and stuff like that, that are, are sure. big into fishing. And, uh, but one thing I heard is that Melissa Etheridge actually gave Brad Pitt fly casting lessons in her swimming pool when he was getting ready to do the, the river runs through it. Movie. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. That is incredible. So that would be a really cool story to, to have her on the podcast sometime and talk about that, that experience. Please, <laughs> please get a hold of Melissa Etheridge and let's all hear those stories. Yeah. Because every fly fisher knows that movie. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That movie, it it changed 
the whole landscape of fly fishing when that movie came out. Um, there's some guide, there was a guide I interviewed, um, Tom Rowland, who has a saltwater fly fishing show, a couple of them actually. And I interviewed him for one episode and he said he was just starting out with his guide career, uh, somewhere out in like Wyoming or somewhere like that when that movie came out. And he said, you would not believe how it changed like overnight. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. Because I will say a river runs through it did capture the beauty and the finesse of the art of fly fishing. Mm-hmm. It's something that just feels good when you're casting. Like I'm, I just got myself a, a kit for Nashville. Cause you know, this isn't usually where I stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had moved out to New Mexico mm-hmm. specifically for fishing, nice. but, um, yeah, but I'm back here again because of the virus and to be close to my family should they need any help. And um, I just ordered a fly ride off of Amazon of all places, and I'll get it tomorrow. It's not a very super nice one, but um, I'll tell you what I think about it. And yeah. uh, I can't wait to go fly fishing again because what I'm trying to say is the motion of it. Mm-hmm. It becomes so natural, and it's actually something that you miss. Mm-hmm. You know? what, what is your favorite go-to? Do you have a favorite go-to fly rod? back home hmm. my favorite one that i was using um i really like the loop insight okay uh, the, they, it, loop used to have that this little kit um i really liked it especially for its price point and then i really like sage sage rods okay and what weight yeah. do you do you tend to go to uh, my size was a five weight. I feel like a five weight will get things done. You mm-hmm. know, it's still fun to catch the little ones and the bigger ones aren't going to drag you in the water with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What have you had a chance to like catch any monster fish on a fly rod or maybe or gone done any saltwater fishing yet? I have not done saltwater fishing only because the ocean makes me queasy. Okay. I've, I had been out there catching Spanish mackerel and I was doing pretty good um, until I took a sip of a beer mm. and then suddenly I was just over the side of the boat. Oh no. <laughs> and no, and that's not fun. That's no. not fun. So I don't do fly. I'm not saying I wouldn't fly fish in salt water, but as of right now, I'm still trying to get over that whole trip. And um, <laughs> as far as monsters go, I mean, I can tell you some fisherman stories, but <laughs> <laughs> But I, you know, I will just say I was at the Caney Fork. It was really early in the morning and I was pretty inexperienced at fly fishing. Um, but I was just super into the idea of being in the water um, mm-hmm. in my waders. No one else is around. So I was out on the Caney Fork early, early in the morning, like maybe seven in the morning. And I hooked into my first big fish. It was a rainbow trout because I saw it mm-hmm. jump out of the water. And it was probably somewhere around like, from what I could tell, maybe 14 inches, which to me was a is a bigger fish, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to trout. And I was pretty inexperienced. And I knew in my stomach, I did not know how to get that fish in. <laughs> I didn't know the first thing to do because I had been catching these little ones. And um, I turned on my GoPro because, of course, I because I'm a nerd. And, of course, I had a GoPro on. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I can just see the fish jump. And I had the GoPro on my head. And I turned it on. This fish jumps out of the water in all its glory. It is beautiful. It is, you know, and I just I just said to myself, like, I'm not going to get it in, but at least I got it on the GoPro. So people will believe me. Right. Know? But girl, I get home. I lost the fish. You know, of course yeah. I did. I get home and I look at the footage 
And just as I had hooked into this fish, fish, my hat brim falls over the GoPro. Oh, no. I had, yes, girl, so it's a fisherman's tail. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> well, at least you saw the fish. I've lost some big ones, and I still to this day don't know what it was. So oh, being able to see it. At least, you know, then and there's there's this one I had on Percy Priest. It's I think it was last year. And I mean, I it was fighting hard. I was shaking, you know, how you get that adrenaline. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just trying to get it in. And of course, my line busted. And I oh. never did get to see I, to this day. I don't know. Was it a monster catfish? Was it like the world record largest largemouth bass like yeah, i have Heartbreaking. No, yeah i have no idea so that's that's one good thing about that story is at least you were able to see see the fish you know and you have that memory yes. which is which is awesome so well can i ask you a question which yes. might be unusual for your show what is the <laughs> oddest thing you have ever caught probably the oddest was uh a so I was in the Gulf of Mexico. I was actually, I was in Florida in the Apalachicola area, surf fishing from the beach. And I, I, that's one thing I like about saltwater fishing. If you ever get a chance to do it is you just, you really never know what you're going to catch. There's so many variety of fish out there, you know? And so Mm -hmm. being in Nashville or from Minnesota, I'm not familiar with a lot of those different types of fish. And I was learning and so the oddest one I caught is something called, I didn't even know what it was called. I took a picture of it and posted it on Facebook and was like, does anybody know what this is? And it, it's called a lizard fish. Hmm. And I thought it was like an eel or something. It was like just this long, skinny thing, and it, but it had teeth. And uh, I was just like, what in the world is this thing? And they, somebody said, oh, yeah, that's a lizard fish. They're in the Gulf of Mexico. And I'm like, oh, well, then that's what it is. That's probably the oddest thing. What about you? Um, let's see. There's things that I've tried to catch, uh, and the, like alligator gar. I have definitely mm, tried to I have tried to, to catch. catch them too, and I never yeah. can. I, they're not interested. <laughs> well, I hear their mouths are so hard that it's hard to hook them, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. But, it, you know, I had one chase, and I was just kind of messing with them. I was in, um, I was actually in the swamps of New Orleans, or swamps of Louisiana, sorry. Uh huh. I was in the swamps of Louisiana, and try as hard. I tried as hard as I could grow to catch something with my fly rod. And there were all these old timers watching me fish this way. And they're like, oh, you must be from up north and all this stuff. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm born and raised in Alabama. I'm just trying to have fun. So all these old men are watching me throw this line. And they're just like, wow, that's so crazy how that works. And so I did not know that it was water moccasin mating season. Oh, no. <laughs> Yikes. So it's not... It's not that I caught something odd. It is that something almost caught me. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they're aggressive and they will chase you. Mm-hmm. And that is the exact situation that I had, Angie. They were coming after me, and I'm running oh, on, my- yelling and screaming, looking so stupid after I thought I was impressing these old folks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't do I don't do snakes. <laughs> so I I typically I'm fishing from a from a boat usually, you know, because I'm not uh, I haven't gotten into fly fishing yet. But uh, yeah, I don't want them snakes uh, jumping in the boat or any, anything like that. That's for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of waders do you wear? 
Oh my goodness. Uh, I think I use the company called Whitewater. Whitewater. Okay. It's uh, yeah. one thing, you know, we hear on the podcast is women just having a really hard time finding waiters that, that mm-hmm. actually fit them, you know, cause we're a lot different body shapes and, and things like that than men. So it can be a challenge. Yeah. It, it's either Whitewater. Or it's called, it might be White River actually okay. for anybody listening. So maybe it's White River. But basically, girl, they don't really fit. They're they're a little too big and weird areas, but mm-hmm. they get the job done. Yeah, I think I think it would be great to have a company that designs waiters mm-hmm. for women's shapes. That would be yep. awesome. They I'd are really starting. They are starting to pop up. So if you if you do ever need to get a new pair, you can search and find some of these companies that that are actually designing them for women now which is Hmm. which is awesome so that's good news yeah also angie i want to tell you another female musician that loves fly fishing are you ready for this i am brandy carlisle really that's that's awesome i'd love to have her on the show too she she's one of my favorites and um i actually got to meet her backstage at the opry one time so i would love to have her on the show and talk about fly fishing (laughs) Or oh, you should. And it's fly fishing specifically, right, that she's into? Or does she do all kinds? She, she does it all. Okay. She loves fishing. Yeah, nice. if she ever has time, she might be one of the busiest women I've ever met in my life. <laughs> yeah, but that... she's um, very awesome. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I sure appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to talk about your fly fishing uh, life and fishing in general. And so what's what's coming up next for you? You you just got your fly or you ordered a fly rod for Nashville. So you plan on getting out like as soon as that comes in, you're going. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm probably going to start fishing in my backyard. That's how much I can't wait. I'm just going <laughs> to catch some trees. Yeah. Um. Anything. Yeah, I guess the next thing really, honestly, is just getting my gear back together here in Nashville and then just going um, fishing for some warm water things, small mouth, large mouth, whatever I can get, mm-hmm. and just get back into the the feel of things. But I have been seeing more women fly fishers as of late especially at shelby park and it makes me so happy <laughs> it, yeah it's awesome that's women are really getting into the sport i mean it's the flat, fastest growing segment of fly fishing and fishing in general and so that's just so encouraging to see uh that it's not just a, a men's dominated sport anymore Absolutely not, because you know fly fishing was created by a woman, don't you? I I'd, I'd read that, but I didn't know the how that came about or who who that was. Yes, ladies, it is our sport, so let's get back to it. <laughs> Indeed, awesome. Well, and then you've got uh, so your you, your tour should be uh, happening again at some point, right? Um, your guess is as good as mine uh-huh. at this point. But, <laughs> you know, one thing I have learned, though, Angie, during this coronavirus is to learn to be comfortable with the unknown. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when my next show is. And I'm just going to have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's teaching me a lot of patience. And patience is also good for what? Fishing. Fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Right. Yep. 
Well, well, awesome. Well, thank you once again for taking some time to be on the show and uh, wish you all the best of luck with your with your new fly rod and your new Nashville setup. I hope I hope you just have I know you will just enjoy yourself. And, uh, you know, we always need that release and that kind of escape every now yes. and then. So, well, thank you so much for having me on. And Angie, I got one question for you. When are we going fishing? Hey, that's a great question. We should definitely set that up. That okay, be- let's do that then. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like this show, please leave a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio or whatever platform that you prefer to listen on. And uh, stay tuned for next week. I'm going to do something a little outside the box. Last year, I had the opportunity to be on a podcast and radio show here in Tennessee that's produced by the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. So we're going to do a little throwback and release that episode for you right here on the Woman Angler and Adventure podcast feed. So until then, stay safe and have fun, everyone. Mm -hmm.